But first, a prominent civil rights group wants the Chicago Police Department to fire an officer with ties to the Proud Boys. Many members of the far-right group took part in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. And yesterday, the Southern Poverty Law Center published a letter to Mayor Lightfoot and Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown. We'll hear from the SPLC in just a moment. But joining us to kick off the conversation is Chicago Sun-Times reporter Tom Shuba. Hey, Tom, welcome back. Hey, Sasha, how are you? Doing well. Uh, First of all, Tom, can you just remind us who and what the Proud Boys are? Uh, So the Proud Boys is a group that was started uh, by the co-founder of Vice Media uh, in, I believe, 2016. And, uh, you know... it's what they call themselves a Western chauvinist group, but it's kind of an, uh, came to prominence during the rise of the alt-right. And, uh, you know, a proud boy helped organize the deadly Unite the Right rally that happened in Charlottesville. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've been involved in kind of Republican politics and have tried to kind of ingratiate themselves as the Repo- Republican Party has kind of moved more rightward. Yeah. Well, let's back up. Who is this officer in question and and what's his connection to the proud boys his connection to the proud boys was uh essentially uh a group of anti-fascists found that he had been communicating in this proud boys chat channel with uh known members of the group including uh the former chicago uh chapter president uh thomas christensen who was uh recently imprisoned for a stabbing that happened after a concert in northerly island and uh this officer, Robert Bacher, was, uh, yeah, communicating with these guys and, and socializing with them. And it was found that he had actually whisked one of them away after a bar fight and he didn't uh, you know, report the crime. Uh, so he had these uh, clear and close ties. And uh, prior to him being outed by these anti-fascists, uh, FBI agents actually came to his place of work at the Central District and uh, questioned him in January 2020. And um, so... Even before it was publicized that he had been a Proud Boy, the FBI was aware of his uh, you know, connection to the group yeah. and obviously concerned enough to come interview him. And the case was initially closed and then reopened, right? Yeah, yes, at the behest of uh, uh, the inspector general's office, which uh, you know, raised re- real concerns about the fact that uh, Bakker had uh, you know, made statements while being interviewed by the Bureau of uh, Internal Affairs. And... Ultimately, the police department did find that he made, quote, false and, quote, contradicting statements uh, during that interview. They didn't seek uh, or apparently didn't seek to uh, ding him for violating a rule, Rule 14, that is commonly known as the you lie, you die rule. Uh, essentially, officers who are found to made uh, false statements uh, are, are usually uh, the department seeks dismissal because there's concerns about whether they can carry out their uh, most basic duties, right? Writing mm-hmm. police reports, testifying on the stand, things like that. Uh, in, a, in a strange turn, he, he was not scrutinized under that rule. Uh, and that's kind of been a big uh, cause for concern and, and led some of these continued calls for his uh, dismissal. Well, Tom, I want to bring another voice into the conversation. Jeff Tischhauser is a senior research analyst at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having us on. So your name's on this letter, Jeff, from the uh, SPLC. Why did your organization decide to get involved here, and why now? Well, I I think it's pretty interesting that we're talking about this today, right? Two years after January 6th, when a far-right mob stormed the U.S. Capitol, and we know the Proud Boys were 
responsible for a lot of that violence. And this is who Robert Bacher is palling around with. And today at the Capitol, lawmakers uh, held a 142nd moment of silence to honor the police officers who were injured by people in an organization that Robert Bacher, a Chicago police officer, palled around with. So I I think it's very interesting that we're talking about this today. And we felt compelled to write this letter for a few reasons. First, you know, the SPLC, we have a 50-year history of documenting hate and extremism in the United States, and we've been tracking the Proud Boys since they were founded in 2016. And we wanted to bring this expertise um, to Chicago to offer some advice, um, because this, this is also my community. Yeah. This is, you know, right, this is, like most people he, here, I'm invested, in make, in, I'm invested in making our community welcoming and equitable to everyone. And this is, like, this letter is what we do at the SPLC. Our central mission is to dismantle white supremacy and fight hate and seek justice wherever it occurs. And, and you know, ultimately, we wrote this letter because we were frustrated, we were confused mm-hmm. at the outcome of this investigation and a lack of good policies. I see. So uh, yeah. when, well, what really got our attention is when the city's own Bureau of Eternal Affairs uh, she went to a city council hearing in October, and she talked about the investigation in the Bakker and how it would have looked differently if the FBI would have labeled the Proud Boys as a hate group. And, and everybody's on my team, our ears perked up, because, you know, the FBI doesn't label hate groups. We do. So the SBLC, you know, yeah. we, we want to, you know, we want to share our research. We want to help everyone in Chicago, leaders, uh, identify these hate groups, and we just want to offer this information to the, to the city because we can do better here, yeah. and, and, and we need to do better. Help us understand, Tom, what's Bakker's current standing in the Chicago Police Department? He's, he's currently serving out this 120-day suspension, so he's benched as it stands, but he will be back uh, to work uh, once that's over. What are you looking for from the Chicago Police Department, Jeff? Well, you know, we we really want to stress the point that the letter, you know, in, in the point in the letter that Chicago needs a policy that prohibits active participation in hate groups. We're not talking about mere membership in hate groups. We're talking about adopting or pushing city leaders to adopt a policy that prohibits active participation in hate groups that denigrate others on the basis of their personal characteristics, and, and that should not be controversial. There should, um, you know, we're, we're asking leaders to uh, adopt pretty standard language here. Um, what do you want to see from Mayor Lightfoot? We would like her a, a response. We would like to to hear um, what she has to say about the about the, the case, um, and we would love to work um, with her on adopting a policy that meets the standards of other steps in the right direction that we cite, right? Because adopting this language, it's not, a, it's not going to solve the problem of extremism in policing, but it is a step in the right direction. And I, I, I personally think it's a no-brainer, given the many attempts that the Proud Boys as a group have made to recruit members of law enforcement that we also get into in the letter.
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. A Chicago Police Department officer is scheduled to return from a 120-day suspension soon. This is for his connection to the far-right group, the Proud Boys. Jeff Tischhauser penned a letter on behalf of the Southern Poverty Law Center calling on CPD to fire that officer. The organization, which is known for its work on civil rights, describes the Proud Boys as an authoritarian, ultra-nationalist hate group. We're talking with Jeff Tischhauser and Chicago Sun-Times reporter Tom Shuba. Tom, I just mentioned how the Southern Poverty Law Center describes the Proud Boys. Jeff also talked a moment ago about there having been some debate about how to classify them as a group. How does that come into play in this case? Well, you know, it is pretty clear if you go through the investigatory records, right, from the Bureau of Internal Affairs. Um, the police department reached out uh, to the, you know, to get a designation from the FBI. Uh, and the FBI gave them one. They said, quote, the Proud Boys and their associates, you know, the they shared this document, and it was regarding the Proud Boys and their association with the racially motivated violent extremism threat that the FBI works. So they put them under this specific un- umbrella. They defined it, and then they gave even more information about the Proud Boys. So this claim by uh, BIA chief Yolanda Talley that this investigation would have looked different had the FBI labeled the Proud Boys as a hate group, which, as Jeff noted, the FBI doesn't make that designation, uh, is puzzling because they, they did give the CPD a, a an alarm designation for the group. Yeah. In the letter, Jeff, you, you write that this will, quote, contribute to an erosion of trust between the public and law enforcement authorities. Why is that? Well, I mean, in any circumstance where a person in law enforcement has known participation in hate group activities, and, and, and we're asking them, you know, how, how can that person uphold the duties of the office? Right. I mean, it, it, it says we protect and serve on the side of Chicago police cars. How that's impossible in, in my mind. If we're allowing uh, uh, someone who's associating with a white supremacist group. Right. So, you know, especially you know, it's impossible to build trust in communities, especially in black and brown communities, especially in LGBTQ communities. If we have officers participating in white supremacist activities. Tom, have you reached out to CPD or the mayor's office for comment? I have. And, but, you know, first I'd like to say that, you know, the, the Chicago Police Department is under a consent decree, right? And, and, and key aspects of that are, uh, you know, A, building better relationships within uh, the communities that the department serves, and B, to reduce bias within the department. Um, but the, the police department has said that, you know, they have, a, quote, you know, a zero tolerance policy regarding this sort of stuff. Or, you know, they have zero tolerance toward it, not having a specific policy, uh, and that this was a thorough investigation, and uh, this is how it was concluded, basically. Uh, they, they didn't respond to uh, a list of questions that I sent them. Mm-hmm. The mayor's office didn't, didn't send me any formal response to questions that I sent them. Mm-hmm. So, and nothing uh, from city council members either? Uh, another from city council members. Oh, well, uh, Byron Cicho Lopez has been very vocal about this. Uh, he and some other alders are looking to hold uh, a committee hearing uh, to question city officials about how uh, the investigation into Bakker played out. Um, there is a resolution that was introduced last month, uh, and it was uh, co-sponsored by uh, Cristelli Ferro, who's the chair of the committee, uh, the public safety committee that they're hoping to hold the hearing in. Yeah. So, 
you know, there could be some uh, additional scrutiny. Uh, and then uh, just today, uh, mayoral candidate uh, Brandon Johnson uh, released a statement uh, similarly calling for Bakker's dismissal. Jeff, briefly before we go, what are the next steps for you if the police department doesn't fire Bakker? Well, that, I mean, that would be unfortunate, um, but we'll keep pushing city leaders, right? We're, we'll keep pushing them to a, adopt explicit language uh, that prohibits active participation uh, in, in hate groups, which, which again, I think is, is a no-brainer. Jeff Tischauser is a senior research analyst at the Southern Poverty Law Center, and Tom Shuba is a reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both.